make no mistake, you have ministered to their hearts. That is beautiful. We're going to continue our worship this morning with our tithes, our giving, our offering. And as usual, we have buckets set up at the front. And we're going to have Pastor Brad and the team just flow into another song. And, and as they're singing, uh, you, you can be more than welcome just to make your way down and drop your, your uh, Connect card and drop your gift into the buckets. If you're in the balcony, it'll be right over in the middle area behind the soundboard. There's four ways to give, as always, guys. You can give uh, in the envelope in your seat. You can give online, as many of you do. You can text to give, and the number is on the envelope in the seat. Or you can give by mail, which a lot of you do. So however you choose to give, and for those of you that are home, um, let's just offer these up to the Lord today. Father, we just thank you for the opportunity to give into your kingdom. Lord, we thank you that we see your work each and every day. Father, we bless your holy name today. Father, I pray over every tither, every giver in this place that you would just cover them, that you would just uh, rebuke the devourer for their sake. Lord, that you would give them increase in their relationships, Father, that you would bless them in any way that you see fit. We want your will to be done, Lord. And Father, we just pray that uh, as every dollar, every dime, every nickel, every penny that comes into this church, Lord, that you would direct the flow of it that it would flow to increase your kingdom, Lord, because that's what we're all about is increasing your kingdom. And Lord, we give you praise and glory today in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Worship in your giving this morning. And I, and I'm desperate for you. And I, time that in any situation and any circumstance that we find ourselves we can know and rest assured in the fact that God is good amen and that he works out all situations for the good of those who are in Christ Jesus amen that he works out everything for the good of those in Christ Jesus and we may not even understand it this side of heaven right we may never understand some of the stuff we go through until we step through heaven's gates. 
until we uh, meet our Savior face to face. Amen. And that's okay, right? That's okay. If you would turn with me to John chapter 14, I'm going to give you a couple of announcements as you're going there. Uh, first and foremost, I failed to do this last week because we were, uh, well, we were lost in the Holy Ghost last week, but, but I didn't have the opportunity. But I just wanted to thank uh, Rhonda so much for going to minister to another church on our behalf last week. Um, I, how many of you know that I, I, my passion is to be a kingdom-minded church? That's my passion, that's my desire, and that's what I want God to want of us. And can I tell you that uh, as we've come in, uh, we are recently starting to get phone calls from other churches that just need help. They need something, and I, I count it as, as all joy when I get those kind of phone calls because I get so excited because, man, they, they, uh, they call us because they know that we'll do our best to help. We'll do our best to, to reach out, you know. And last week, uh, we asked Rhonda, and she went on our behalf and, and uh, led worship at Citrus Springs Church of God. And we're so thankful for her. Their worship leader was out with COVID. And she went and did the work of the Lord, and I'm just I'm grateful for that. Uh, this coming Wednesday is Veterans Day. So uh, any veterans that are in the room, would you stand just so we can acknowledge you today since we won't be having service on Wednesday? Give it up for these veterans, amen. Thank you so much for your service. Thank you so much. Um, also, this Wednesday night is our last Wednesday night of the eight weeks of small groups. Uh, so small groups uh, the, that we've been in, the R groups for the past eight weeks are ending this Wednesday night. It's the last one, and we'll cycle back into regular Wednesday night services, which are life application, teaching services. We'll have a time of worship and then a word, right? Um, so if you haven't been with the church all that long, that's usually kind of how our Wednesday nights are, but we've been in an eight weeks of, of small group classes, and now we're coming back into that. So... The 18th, I believe, is the Wednesday night service. The next Wednesday night service we'll be having be regular service. And then the next one, I think, is the 25th. There will be no service that night. It's the night before Thanksgiving. Uh, and I just uh, we, we just feel like you should be home uh, preparing to receive your families. Whatever is going on in your life, take care of that. And we just cancel service for that particular night. Okay? So, how many of you are in John chapter 14? Everybody there? I want to make sure I didn't miss anything. Baptisms. Thank you so much, honey. I am so grateful for her. She keeps me in line. Uh, baptisms uh, are coming up on the 22nd. So Sunday, the 22nd, we'll be having baptisms. If you want to get baptized, need to get baptized, desire to get baptized, the sign-up list is in the front lobby. So after church, just make your way up there. You'll see the sign-up sheet and just put your name down on there. Uh, make sure and give us a t-shirt size because you'll get a, a church shirt and a certificate for getting baptized. And we just want to celebrate with you and acknowledge that. So if that's you, you can make your way up to the lobby after service and sign up in there. Don't do it while I'm preaching. You'll miss something. But, but do it when I'm done preaching. Amen? Amen. So it's been a crazy week, <laughs> to say the least. It's, it's, been, it's been a wild roller coaster ride of a year. Uh, lots of stuff has been happening. And I just got to say last week I preached on uh, political stuff. 
and I told you that would be the last time, and that is absolutely true. That's, a, that's the last time this political season that I will preach on political stuff, uh, and this week we're moving on from that. Uh, there's a lot, a lot of talking heads talking about the election, so I just don't feel like we need to do that this morning, so I want to talk about something different. Uh, I don't want to talk about politics today. I don't want to talk about the election. I want to talk about vacation. Would that be okay? Amen. So we're going to get into that a little bit. This is part two of what we started last week, which was Jesus 2020, the way, the truth, and the life. Uh, Part two of this is the way of Jesus. So today's message is titled the way of Jesus in John chapter 14. So Jessica and I uh, went on a trip a couple of years ago, or maybe last year it might have been. We get weird vacations because we do marriage ministry on a regular basis. We get invited to do marriage ministry sometimes in vacation spots, which is really cool because technically we're working, uh, but we get a little bit of vacation too. Amen. So, so the last time that we went, uh, we got invited to speak on a cruise about marriage and family. And we had a few sessions that we needed to do over the course of the week. Uh, but when we were uh, at, at uh, what do you call it? At port. Thank you. When we were at port, uh, we had free time so we could do whatever we wanted. Well, one particular uh, time we were at port in Jamaica, amen, and Jamaica was really, really cool. Like, it, it it was fun. This particular port, uh, we got off. Normally, we would sign up for some sort of an excursion and go take it by ourselves and have a good time. Well, this particular time, we thought, you know, we're going to sign up with the rest of our group because some of the people in our group were Jamaican, right? So a lot of the people in our group were from Jamaica. And we thought, you know, how cool would it be uh, to see some of the real Jamaica uh, with the real Jamaicans, right? And we're like, let's, let's do that. Let's not do the, uh, let's not do the touristy area and the touristy stuff. Let's do something different. So, uh, part of our group phoned ahead and got a hold of a local pastor and that pastor rented a bus and met us at the port and loaded us up in this bus. And there was about 28 of us in an 18 seat bus, right? <laughs> we were, we were on each other's, on each other's laps and, and just, uh, you know, having all kinds of fun. And we were traveling through these back roads of Jamaica and seeing the real Jamaica in the hills, uh, the real mountains, the real houses, seeing how people lived and seeing churches. We were driving by all kinds of different churches and orphanages and just some really cool stuff we got to see. And then we ended up on the trip. We saw all the, all the informational stuff. And then we ended up at this beach where there's this waterfall, which was absolutely gorgeous. Right. And, and Jessica does not swim, right? That's just, that's just not her thing. She doesn't like to swim. Well, this water was so gorgeous that even she got in the water, right? Even she got in the water. So I got some pictures of her and I in the water together, just kind of floating around and boats coming by. And the water was so pristine and so gorgeous and so beautiful, right? And then we turn around and there's this waterfall and people are hiking up this waterfall from the beach to the top of the waterfall. And they, they encourage people to do that. But if you do that, you have to hold on to the person in front of you and the person behind you. And they're like, do you guys want to hike this waterfall? And we're like, well, we might. Yeah, let's go check it out. So we kind of look over the edge and we start seeing uh, what these people are walking up. And we're like, nah, we're good. You know, we're okay. We'll just watch. And, uh, you know, people are holding on to each other. And then every once in a while, somebody would slip and just get washed away, you know. And it just, it just is what it was, you know. Nobody got upset. <laughs> you know, they washed out into the beach, you know, and everything was fine. And we're like, nah, we'll just watch. You know, we're good. And in the middle of all of that beauty, the beautiful waterfall and the beautiful beach and the beautiful sand and everything we were looking at, uh, can you believe that we got homesick? 
Can you believe that in that moment, we still had a yearning in our heart to go home? We still had a yearning. Have you ever been on vacation in just a beautiful setting where everything was gorgeous, but on the inside, you just had this little yearning, just a little, man, I'm just a little, I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to go back home. All right, I've been gone about 17 hours, and I just, I'm just i ready to be home now, right? So some of y'all who are homebodies, you're like, I got out of the driveway, and I was just ready to turn back around, you know? Uh, but no, but, but sometimes you've been on vacation, and you see these, these moments, you see the most beautiful, and you're, you're experiencing the most beautiful stuff. Uh, and then inside, you just have this yearning to get back home. And sometimes, maybe it's even you're spending time at your parents' house, you know, as an adult, and you've grown, and you've got your own home now. you got your own kids, and you're spending time at your parents' house, and your, your mom's cooking. And, and how many of you know, usually there ain't nothing like mom's cooking, right? Mom's cooking, and, and no matter how bad of a cook mom was, you still like mom's cooking, right? There's still nobody can make it like mom, right? It didn't matter if mom was a bad cook or a good cook. You still wanted to taste like my mom made it, right? Uh, if mom made things with hot dogs and mac and cheese, you know, you still wanted what mom cooked, right? You still wanted that, right? Uh, and you're sitting there and you're hanging out with your siblings, your nieces, your nephews are running around with your kids and you're looking at the family and everything's happening around you. And then you just still have this like yearning, like I, I just, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to go home. Right? And you just feel like, I want to go home. Uh, there's a famous quote uh, from a famous lady. Some of you may have heard of her, but she said, there's no place like home. And her name was Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz, right? Not clicking her heels together, right? There's, there's no place like home. There's no place like home, right? Uh, we were watching Waylon last Sunday, as a matter of fact, and it was a long day for my daughter. My daughter had a long day at work, so we had him all day long from 8 in the morning, and it was like 8 at night. And we happened to notice at about 6, 6.30, he started getting restless, right? At about 6, 6.30, he's kind of wandering the house like he's lost, you know? And he was playing, having fun, enjoying, but then all of a sudden he just starts, he starts wandering the house, right? He's just looking around, and we're like, what is up with him? You know, uh, maybe he's tired, so go lay him down in his crib. We have, we have a, we got a nursery in our house, <laughs> you know, for the, for the baby. I fought that. I thought it was the weirdest thing, but now I guess it's a thing, and people do that. So we got a nursery. We got a room dedicated for him, and, and we, I went and laid him down in his crib at our house, and he threw an ever-loving fit. Right? I had to get him back up out of it, took him down the hallway, and he's just kind of hanging out. We're hanging out, spending time with him. Uh, and he's, he's gag-gag-goo-gooing, but he can't really tell us what he wants, right? He, he's talking in that weird, like, Baby Yoda uh, stuff, you know. I don't know if you watch The Mandalorian or not, but Baby Yoda on there is like, beep boop 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 You know, that's kind of how he's talking, you know. And we're, like, trying to figure out what he's saying. You know, we're like, well, I don't know what you're saying. He says a few things, like, really clear. Like, he says, uh, today, he said, Grandma, well, well, she was actually out of the room. She didn't hear it. Said it clear as day. She didn't even know that, but I just told her. So, uh, he says, Pop Pop sometimes, which is my name. Uh, he, he says, good. He'll say good, and then when my dog walks in the room, he says, bad, bad, and he's always talking stuff like that, but, but he couldn't articulate enough to tell us what he wanted. He was just like, ah, ah, eh, ah, people do po, you know, and he's talking like Star Wars or something, you know, and I, I just don't know what he wanted, and then his dad comes walking in to pick him up, and, and as Michael comes in to get him, uh, he's, he's trying to get the baby's stuff together, you know, because when you travel with a baby, there's lots of stuff you got to take. And he's trying to get all that together. And as he's getting that together, Waylon walks up and just grabs him by the finger and starts walking. And he's like, what? You want to take me somewhere? Where are we going? He walked to the front door, y'all. <laughs> he was ready to go home. 
Like he literally walked to the front door and was pointing at the knob like, let's, let's go. Let's go. I have had enough, right? And, uh, and listen, uh, he's always excited to see us. Uh, but it hurts our feelings a little bit when he's excited to leave us too. <laughs> you know, we're like, oh, wait a minute. You know, we've been, we've been taking care of you all day, wiping your little butt, feeding you. And now you just want to leave us, huh? And now you just want to go. Uh, but, but usually after a 12 hour day of watching a baby at our age, we're like, yeah, he can go. Yep. Go. We're good. See you, buddy. We'll see you next time. <laughs> you know, and then we go collapse and crash, right? Go get some rest. Uh, but he wanted to be home. Uh, how many of your kids ran away growing up? right? Not everybody's? Wow, I thought it was, I thought it was everybody, man. It turns out we're just the bad parents. <laughs> so our, our kids were, were a little dramatic on occasion growing up. Did anybody have any dramatic kids, right? Our kids were a little dramatic on occasion growing up. Matter of fact, they're still a little dramatic on occasion, right? We still got some drama every once in a while, right? But, but our kids were dramatic and, and sometimes they would get mad at us, didn't like what we had to say, didn't like what we told them to do. And they would find, I am running away and they would leave. And, and our subdivision kind of backs up to this like cow pasture that's like 40, 50, 60 acres all together, and they would jump the fence and run off into this cow pasture and climb trees and just hang out for hours, right? And, and we would go looking for them because that's what good parents are supposed to do, right? We'd, we'd go, fine, and, and we'd go, <laughs> go out and go looking for the kids that ran away. We're like, where you at? Where you at, Colin? Colin? Colin, where you at? You know, just calling out for them, you know, and, and they wouldn't answer. And they didn't, they did, we usually never found them, but we kind of knew where they were. Uh, so we would pray and, and then kind of go back home and, and relax. And we knew that eventually our kids, <laughs> I'm, I'm telling on us right now. We knew that eventually our kids would come back home because none of my kids would make good homeless people. None of them. None of them. Uh, matter of fact, my, most of my, uh, well, all of my kids uh, wouldn't make good campers. <laughs> they don't even like to camp, right? They, they, they would not do well uh, because they would be out there for a little while and they would start missing things. Like they started missing things like food. You know, they wanted food. And, and they would start missing their toys, and they missed stuff like the TV and the Wi-Fi, and they missed things like the weird animals we let them have growing up, you know, like the, the geckos and the flying squirrels and all that kind of stuff, you know, they, they missed those things, so eventually they showed back up. I would love to say they missed us and showed back up for us, but they didn't, they showed back up for the TV, right? And they wanted to watch TV. Uh, what if, just like all of these things, we have a yearning in our spirit uh, that can't be fulfilled by this world. That we, we just have this yearning in our spirit, not in our flesh, because in our flesh we can get pretty comfortable. Right? In our flesh, we, we, our flesh is what yearns for our home because we want to walk around in our underwear. We don't want to have to be proper, right? We want to be able to do what we want to do at home. So our flesh is yearning for that. Uh, but, but what if there's something just deep inside of us once we accept Christ and once we receive Christ into our hearts, that there's something deep inside of us in our spirit that just has a yearning for home. It has a yearning for something that it can't be fulfilled by anything in this world. No relationship, no house, no car, no large bank account, nothing can be fulfilled by anything in this world, but we just have this yearning. C.S. Lewis said this, if we find ourselves with a desire that nothing in this world can satisfy, the most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. 
Whoo, that is good. That is good. The most probable explanation is that we were made for another world. And that is who we are. In our spirit, the, the word of God says that we are, uh, of, we are in this world, but not of this world. Right? There's a part of us that we're made and is yearning to go home. There's a part of us that wants to be in heaven. There's a part of us that wants to be with God. And that is okay. That is okay. In John chapter 14, we, we read part of this last week, but I still want to dig into it a little more. John chapter 14, verses 1 through 6 reads like this. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. That where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know. In the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. And how in the world can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, Thomas, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. No one comes to the Father except by me. Let's pray this morning. Father, I thank you for the opportunity to just share this word that you've laid on my heart. Father, I pray that we would receive it gladly. That we would apply it to our lives. That we would leave here with more hope than we came. That we would leave here, even if we came in mourning, we would leave dancing. Father, we, that you would give us beauty for ashes on this day. Lord, we thank you for your presence that's in this house. I thank you, Jesus, for all that you've done for us. I thank you, Jesus, that you made a way where there was no way. That you made a way for us to get to heaven. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as we dig into the way of Jesus today, can we just recognize that Jesus is not only the way, but Jesus has a way about him? Yes. Amen. That Jesus has a way about him. Have you ever, you ever met somebody and you just, you just don't know what it was about them, but you just liked them, right? You met them and you're like, I, I just can't put my finger on it. They just have a way about them. I can't put my finger on it, but they just make me happy. I can't put my finger on it, but they just make me feel something when I'm around them, right? Do you know that, that people uh, may forget what you say, but they'll never forget how you made them feel, right? And, and Jesus, in particular, has a way about him that when we spend time with Jesus, it's impactful in our soul. It's impactful in our life. The people of the Bible couldn't spend a few moments with Jesus and walk away unchanged. That's why Jesus could walk by, by tax collectors who had been selling their soul, working against their own people, uh, collecting taxes and being fraudulent in doing so. And Jesus could walk right by those tax collectors and go, hey, you know, uh, follow me. And they drop everything, leave their career. And step out in faith because there was just something about Jesus. 
We see it over and over again in Scripture that there's just something about Jesus that people are just connected to. Even people who weren't fully understanding what it was about him or who he was. Even people who did not fully understand that he was the Son of God, the Savior of the world, the Messiah, the one who would come and be born of a virgin and live 33 years to die on a cross so that we may have salvation. Even though they didn't fully understand that, they knew that they liked him. Or if they were religious, they knew that they didn't. But Jesus just had a way about him. There's something special about Jesus in how he deals with people. How he deals with people. There's something about Jesus in how he treats people. There's something about Jesus in how he talks to people. There's something about Jesus and how he loves people. There is something about Jesus. We see in scripture that Jesus is talking to his disciples about life only a short season before he was going to be coming into his own death. And he wasn't focused in dealing with the huge concerns over crucifixion and torture and arrest and midnight trials and lawlessness and death. But we see Jesus in the moment, knowing what was coming, spending time with his disciples and encouraging them about life. And speaking life into them in a moment and a season before he was getting ready to walk through what he walked through. Jesus just has a way about him, right? Jesus wasn't focused on his coming death, but he was focused on his resurrection that would happen three days later. And the subsequent meaning behind it. That when Jesus conquered death in the grave, that he would then give the keys to us. And that we then had conquered death in the grave. Amen. Jesus was focused on something greater than the moment. He was focused on something greater than the trial he was getting ready to walk through. I, I would say to us, church, that the way that we get through any season of pain, any season of grief, is that we don't focus on the grief and on the pain, but we focus on the greater that's on the other side of it. Amen? That we focus on the greater that we can see right past, that we can see on the other side. Even in dealing with huge concerns over all of this, uh, he had his disciples in the room. I don't know if maybe you and I had directed and written the Bible if we would have included people like Thomas. I think maybe if we were trying to sell a religion to the world, and I use that term loosely, but if we were trying to convince people in the world that somebody is the way, the truth, and the life, we may not, in our limited knowledge, have included people like Thomas in the story. We probably would have skipped over that part where Thomas calls out Jesus in the middle of an eloquent speech, right? We may have, uh, have, have skipped over that when, when Thomas, Jesus is speaking eloquently about life in the midst of all of this stuff going on. And Thomas goes, um, excuse me, excuse me, um, I don't know what you're talking about, Lord. Maybe we would have left Thomas out, right? But, uh, but, but then Jesus... Uh, in this moment is, is so loving and kind to Thomas, even though Thomas had interrupted him. But Thomas became known because of, of, of a couple of times in Scripture, he became known as Doubting Thomas, right? 
So how many of you have called him Doubting Thomas? Right? It's a common thing, right? But, but let me ask you this. If, if we, in, in our moments and in our life, had just a couple of moments accentuated in Scripture, and we had a couple of moments, what would we be known as? You know, I wouldn't want to be known as, as my worst quality. I wouldn't want people to walk around calling me such and such Steve, right? Whatever my worst quality is, and I ain't going to tell you. Right, but whatever uh, Thomas shouldn't have been known by doubting Thomas as his works quality. How would you like to have, at times in your life, walked around been known as addicted Annie, and that for the rest of your life, when people saw you, they oh, there's addicted Annie, or or been known as angry Alfred, right? And you see, you see Alfred coming down the aisle of the store, and you go, oh look, there's angry Alfred, <laughs> or you run. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> How would you like to be known as sarcastic Scotty? Oh, look, there's sarcastic Scotty. Or how would you like to be known as sexually immoral Samantha? There comes sexually immoral Samantha, right? I, I believe God used Thomas and included Thomas because Thomas says what everybody else is just thinking. In this moment, Thomas has weaknesses. He has moments. He has questions. He has thoughts. And how many of you know that it's okay to question God? It's okay to have questions for him. He's father, right? It's okay to crawl up in his lap and go, God, I just don't understand what's going on right now. God, I, I just feel some kind of way. And I, I just feel like maybe you've, have you lost the reins on my life, Lord? Did you turn me over to Satan to be sifted, God? Like, what's going on? You know, sometimes we have moments like that in our life. And we can take that to God and it's okay because he has gigantic shoulders, he has gigantic soldiers, and he doesn't get angry with us when we ask him questions. But like a good father, he wraps his arm around us, answers those questions. Or sometimes he lets us answer it ourselves. Amen? Amen. So, so, so we include Thomas because Thomas is us. We all have doubts. We all have moments uh, that we need Jesus to speak into our lives. Jesus says, you know where I'm going and you know the way. And Thomas holds up his hand and says, um, Lord, no, we don't. I, I don't know what you're saying. And every time we ask you a question, you answer with another question. Do you know that about Jesus? Every time somebody asks Jesus a question, Jesus answered with another question. Right? That's just kind of how he rolled, right? So, so, so Thomas is confused. And Jesus says, Thomas and the rest of you understand this. I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. So there's no doubt that if we are believers, if there's no doubt that we are Jesus followers, that we are Christians, that the only way to the Father is through Jesus. Can I say that's why we should be so much more passionate about sharing Jesus with the world? Because if you're not confident in the fact uh, that what the world says, that there's many ways to heaven, or what the world says is there's many uh, avenues to the Father, we follow Jesus. And Jesus says that he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. Therefore, we should be more passionate about trying to lead people to him. There's a young man right here, uh, Dan White, who challenges me. I love it. He challenges me. He asks me the hard questions. 
He talks to me and, and asks me hard, tough questions sometimes. And you know what? I love it because it makes me think. And as a pastor, it's my job to get up here and ask you the tough, hard questions and make you think. When's the last time that you as a believer tried to share Jesus with somebody? When's the last time? Now, I, my last time, I, I, I had a conversation with Dan. I don't think I've told you this, Dan, but I had a conversation with him. And, uh, and man, he just, man, he just challenged me. Because sometimes, I, I got to be honest, when I go to Walmart, I just tuck my head in my chest and, and just try to get out. Right? <laughs> Especially Walmart. But I just, I just try to get out. I just try to get in, get what I need, and run, and, and hope nobody sees me. Right? I just, I just want to get home sometimes. Right? And Dan and I had a conversation, and he doesn't know this, but I just sat and smiled and shook my head and said, yeah, man, that's cool, absolutely. But his conversation was challenging my spirit. It was challenging me. So I went into Walmart and, and, uh, with Kennedy, and we went through the line, and I, I saw this particularly sweet cashier, and I said, I said, ma'am, you're always so sweet when we're in here. Where do you go to church? And she gave me a 20-minute tongue lashing on why churches are of the devil. And I walked out going, all right, Dan White, I'll tell you something, right? <laughs> no, I didn't. I'm teasing. But, but I walked out with Kennedy. Kennedy was with me. And I looked at her and I said, well, that one didn't go well. <laughs> and my, my wife said to me, it's because you asked the wrong question. You shouldn't have asked where you go to church. You should ask, do you know Jesus? Right? Direct. To the point. Hey, you seem like an awesome person. Do you know Jesus? You know, and just taking moments uh, to share the gospel with a broken and hurting world. Evangelism is key for us as a believer. And it's something that we need to be doing on a regular basis. Amen. So can I challenge you in that today as I am being challenged in that? Because I'm super comfortable getting up here and preaching behind a pulpit to you guys because you all showed up to hear me. I'm super uncomfortable preaching to people who didn't show up to hear me. Right? But that doesn't mean that we're not called to do it. Why not, if a world is dying and going to hell, why not would, would we share with them the life raft that could save them? Right? It's something that we're called to do. It's something that we need to do. So he goes on to say in verse 7, If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen him. Jesus says, if you know me and spent time with me and know my heart and know my character, then you know the heart and the character of the Father, right? And then Philip speaks up, and Philip is kind of spiritual, right? And Philip goes, yes, Lord. Mm. Yeah, you preach that, Lord. Okay, Lord, that sounds good. Now go ahead and show us the Father. That's basically what Philip said. Jesus is saying one thing, and Philip stands up all spiritual-like and contradicts what Jesus just said. <laughs> right? Okay, Lord. You, we received that. Now go ahead. Go ahead and show us the Father. <laughs> right? didn't, didn't catch all of what Jesus had just said to him. I don't know about you, but sometimes I miss the first time God speaks to me. Sometimes I miss it, and sometimes I've got to go back and go, Lord, I'm so sorry. Uh, would you just repeat that? <laughs> you know, would you just please speak that to me slowly? Because, you know, sometimes I'm, I'm dense. <laughs> you know, and I, I just need it slow, Lord. Like, like speak it to me slow. Uh, Lord, sometimes, sometimes Jessica and I pray. So, <laughs> sometimes Jessica and I pray, Lord, just speak to me like I'm a preschooler. 
Just, just give me preschooler language right now, Lord. Just, just talk to me. Uh, get, Lord, download it to me like a GPS. Tell me lefts and tell me rights and just tell me how long I got to go, right? Lord, just, just be plain with me, right? Sometimes we do that as people. Well, Philip in this moment, uh, because Philip uh, just speaks out and says, Lord, uh, okay, that sounds great. Then show us the Father. And then if we pick up in verse 9, Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long and yet you have not known me, Philip? He's getting tight. He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but the Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. In other words, Philip, if you can't take me at face value, if you can't take me at my words, at least watch all of the miracles that you've seen take place and know that the Father is good. Amen? Sometimes, you know, people argue about why is God so different in the Old Testament versus the New Testament? He's not. It's the same heart of the Father. Right? The Old Testament is Jesus concealed and the New Testament is Jesus revealed. Right? It's all about Jesus. So we see in the scripture that the ways of Jesus are the ways of the Father. If you want to know the Father's heart for you and your family in this world, look at Jesus. Read the words of Jesus. Focus on the red letters in the word. Focus on those for just a moment and hear the heart of the Father for you. We see Jesus teaching and Thomas and Philip interrupting and Thomas is probably the drama king of the group. Opens his mouth whenever thought hits the surface. Does anybody know anybody like that? Say amen. Right? As soon as a thought hits the surface, it flows right out of his tongue, right? Comes right out of his mouth, right? That's okay. Philip may be more of the people pleaser speaking for everyone else because he's hyper spiritual, but he knows that everybody else may not fully understand what Jesus is saying. So he wants to help Jesus be more clear to the rest of the disciples. Jesus, uh, just pause for a moment. Listen, guys, this is what he's really saying, right? That's Philip in this moment, and they're, they're both kind of interrupting him. But Thomas and Philip and Peter and all the rest of them really exemplify and characterize who we are as people. That sometimes we hear the word of God and then we try to spin it into what we want it to say. Right? Or sometimes uh, we want God to speak but only what we want God to speak to us about. And if God starts speaking to us about something else, we may turn the station or shut them off. Right? That, that we've got to tune in to God. So now, because we have a yearning to get home in our spirit. That's what we talked about to open up today. That we have a yearning to get home in our spirit. Does that mean that we lock ourselves away and just wait for the day to come that we're either raptured or we die and go to heaven? There's a, there's a New World Sun song that I absolutely love. Uh, but man, is it so just unbiblical. <laughs> it's not unbiblical. It just talks about people. But it's a song called Old Man jo- Jonah. Has anybody ever heard of Old Man Jonah? It's like Old Man Jonah sitting in his chair. He got no teeth and he got no hair. He got no dollar and he got no son. He's just waiting for the rapture to come. 
And it's just a, a song about a, about a man sitting in his chair, not doing anything with his life, not trying to impact anybody, not trying to lead anybody to Jesus, but just solely focused on the fact that, hey, I got my salvation, I got mine, and I'm going to sit here in this chair, and basically he's saying everybody else can go to hell, right? I want to make sure that we're not that type of church. I want to make sure that we, me included, are not those types of people. I want to make sure that we have an evangelistic nature flowing out of this church. That we want to see people saved. That we want to see people born again. That we want to see people made whole. That we want to see people ministered to, which is why God gave us reach, restore, redeem. God gave us that mission for a reason. That we're supposed to reach the lost. That we're supposed to restore the hurting. And that we're supposed to see people redeemed for the ultimate purpose that God created them for. Because so many people are walking outside of their purpose. So many people are walking around on a daily basis outside of the purpose that God created them for. But I'm here to tell you today that as a church, in the direction that we're going, is that all of us need to set a fire. All of us need to get on fire for God and get ready to, to, to meet the lost to lead them to Jesus, to see their hurts healed, and to see them come into what God is ultimately planning for their life. And that's my desire as a, as a pastor of this church. Amen? So we talked about it earlier about going on vacation, right? And we're still kind of there. I'm, I'm moving back into it. Uh, you ever go on vacation and bring something from home with you? Has anybody ever done that? All right? Two of you? Three of you? Right? We, we go on vacation, we, we bring our own pillow. My wife brings her own food. Right? So sometimes you, you may bring something because you're, you're bringing something that helps it make it a little nicer when you're away from home, right? You're bringing something that helps you sleep better. You're bringing something that gives you more peace and comfort, right? You're bringing something from home with you when you go. What if we focused on bringing some of home down here to earth? What if we focused as Christians on bringing down heaven and bringing some of home down here on earth while we're here and recognizing and understanding that it's not just about us, but that we have a mission. Amen. Speaking of mission, I, I failed to tell you guys, we have a, our missionary to Japan will be with us in January. So second week in January, he'll be preaching. His name is Dan Lumadu and he's moving his family to Japan. Right? And doing ministry there and pastoring a church and pastoring people. And we're going to host him and we're going to bless him when he comes. So I just wanted you to be ready for that. So in 1 John 4, if we pick it back up in verse 12, how do we bring heaven home down here to earth? And in verse 12, he picks it up and he says this, Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. Man. Y'all have heard me preach for several weeks now about I want more. I want more God. I want more miracles. I want more of things to happen in this church. I want to see amazing moves of God. I want to see moments where people are healed. I want to see it. And if it's happening in Kenya, it can happen here. Amen. We just got to usher in the right atmosphere. That means that we got to be excited. And we got to be praying for it. And we got to be ready for it when it happens. And that means when you see something supernatural, you don't go running out the back door to the parking lot. 
right? Now listen, I'm okay if you're just hanging around the back pew. <laughs> you know, I'm just kind of watching, like, what's God going to do? You know, I'm okay with that. But hang in there with us, man. It's a big sanctuary. you got plenty of room to hide out, right? Just hang in with us. But, but, I, but I long and I'm praying for it. I believe that if we come together as a church and pray together and believe together, that we're going to see some amazing supernatural events happen in this church. Amen? I, I want to see it. So Jesus said, the same works that I do, he will do also. But he doesn't stop there. He says, and greater works than these he will do. Greater works than Jesus? What? Listen, Jesus ministered in a, in a, in a limited geographical area, right? And out of that grew the church, which covered the nation. Right out of that group, I, man, we met a young couple this past uh, a couple of weeks ago. We met this young couple, man, and they're missionaries uh, in Zimbabwe, Tanzania. Thank you. They're missionaries to Tanzania, and man, we met this couple, and and we were just talking to them and listening to their heart. And he was so excited, just telling me stories about he and his wife. And and listen, they they looked like they didn't look like missionaries. Like, I don't know what missionaries are supposed to look like, but I'm looking at this couple. I'm going, they're kind of prim and proper and preppy and, you know, nice haircuts. And, you know, her hair's all dyed and nails done. Like, I'm like, they're missionaries to Tanzania? What? You know, they look like Ken and Barbie. I'm like, what, what in the world? And he's, and he's telling me these stories. And part of me on the inside is thinking, y'all did that? Y'all? You know, until I saw him worship. When Pastor Brad started playing worship and started singing, and I watched this young couple fall to their knees and cry out to God and just praise him, I thought, there it is. There it is. That's why they did the amazing things that they did. And he told me stories about putting his young wife on the back of a crazy motorcycle and driving 50, 60, 70 miles down back roads to get to a river to haul his motorcycle up into a kayak that was carved out of a tree trunk. And then rowing his motorcycle to the next road down the river to drive out of that road up a hill into a mountain to duck his bike to start hiking into this village. And then they started getting people walking towards them from the village, uh, talking to their guides and saying, uh, don't come into this village, you will die. You come into this village, we'll kill you. Stay away. Turn back around now. And Ken and Barbie kept going. Woo. They walk up into this village and went hut to hut, praying over people, seeing people healed, leading people to Jesus. And went hut to hut to hut. And do you know that the witch doctor that was threatening them Never showed up. That's God. And then. You know how sometimes you listen to a story from somebody and you're like, yeah, maybe that's a little embellishment. You know, because preachers don't ever embellish any stories, you know, like maybe, maybe that's a little embellishment. And then he pulls out his phone and starts flipping through pictures and showing you the motorcycle tucked up in a canoe going down the middle of the river. And showing you the woman with a blown up leg one minute and, and healed the next dancing. Man. Jesus said, and greater works than these he will do.
I don't know about you, church, but I want the power of God in my life. And I not only want the power of God in my life, I want the power of God in your life. I want to see those moments that the enemy tries to take out your family. And you, and you are so full of the power of God that you stand up and you square your shoulders back. And you begin to start praying. You begin to start marching around your house. You begin to say, not today, Satan. You will not lay a hand on my family. You will not take out my wife. You will not have my husband. You cannot have my kids in the mighty name of Jesus. But we, we stand up and we begin to march today. And then after you have done the battle and after you are already in the fighting, that calling Pastor Steve is an afterthought. Because you're so full of God that you call me to tell me what God has already done. Not call me and say, oh, we need you. Not that I won't come if you call me. But I want for you more the atmosphere of this church body. So that when people start pulling in this parking lot. And they start getting out of their cars and start walking in here. And they say, I don't know why we're coming here. <laughs> they, they're looking around. I've been a Baptist my whole life. <laughs> why in the world are we attending a Pentecostal church today? I hope nobody recognizes me. <laughs> or we start seeing people pull in the parking lot and they go, I don't go to church. Why am I even here? And they walk in that back door and they meet a group of people who are so on fire for God, who are so full of the power of the Holy Spirit that they can't help but be influenced and changed just by being around you. I'm tired of talking about it. I'm ready. Come, Lord. Lord, send them. Lord, in the same time that you are preparing us and you're speaking into our spirits, you're speaking into us, send the broken. Send the hurting. And not only that, Lord, but send the workers who are faithful to reap the harvest. Send us the broken in one door and the strong in the next. And let us come together. And begin to do an amazing ministry in Citrus County. Lord, send us. Your will be done in this house. Lord, this place was not built in 1985 to, to be a cold uh, room with no power of God happening. This place was not prayed over by saints for 40 years for nothing to happen in this house. But Lord, we call every answer to every prayer of every saint that has been on their knees around this altar. We call every answer to every prayer to begin to run and to begin to land in this parking lot. We call, Lord, that you would begin to just flow on our homes and on our houses. And even those of us who are uncomfortable with the Holy Spirit, I pray, Lord, that we would become come comfortable quickly that Lord that we would know that you are good Lord we would know that you are well Lord that we would know that you have a passion you have a plan for people in this county and you're going to help us reach them Lord
Where's Pastor Brad? Come help me, man. Listen. If you're sold out and you want to see the kingdom increase and you want to do that work, this is the place for you. If you're on the outskirts and you're like 12-year-old Pastor Steve sitting on a camera shaking because the power of God was happening in the house and I didn't understand it or trust it or know what was going on. If that's you, this is still the place for you. Because if you don't know what's going to happen next, can I tell you, that's just going to keep you excited. That's going to keep you on your toes. Amen. So how do we do this? He said, greater works than these he will do because I go to my father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. That the father may be glorified in the son. And if you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father and he will give you another helper that he may abide with you forever. And that helper is the Holy Spirit. So how do we bring heaven down to earth? First of all, we believe in Jesus first and foremost and have allegiance to him as I preached last week, first and foremost, because he is our king. Number two, we begin to walk in the greater works that Jesus is talking about in the scripture. That means more people saved, more people healed, more demons cast out, more outreach to further places. We plant more churches. We do a work out of this house. We keep his commandments. We can't walk in greater power without first keeping his commandments. And when asked, what are the greatest commandments? Jesus answered, love the Lord your God with all your strength, with all your mind, and with all your heart. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. How do we bring the power of God into this place? We love God with everything in us. And then when people walk through the doors, we love people with everything in us. Here's the big idea for today. We as the church have to focus on aligning with Christ before anything else in how we walk, how we talk, how we act, so that we can evangelize this world with a greater impact in love. If you're here today, stand stand with me. I'm sorry. Stand stand with me, church. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, to give you that, that opportunity. So if you're if you're here and you're like wondering, you know, what is this walk with Jesus all about? And you need to receive him as your king. I want to give you that opportunity. So if there's anybody in this room that after listening to this message says, I need Jesus in my life and I don't have him, I want to let you know right now that you just shoot your hand up. Just shoot it up if that's you. And we 
want to pray with you. We want to acknowledge you. And we want to celebrate with you. Is there anybody in this room that needs to receive Jesus? Just making sure I got everybody. Okay. I'm going to assume that everybody in this place is a born-again believer. Here's the next altar call. If you're in this room and you want to be anointed today to have more power of God in your life, to have more strength, to have more courage to go do the work of the gospel. If that's you in this room, Pastor Brad's going to flow into some worship. And I just invite you right now to step out of your seat and come down to this altar. And I'm going to get oil and I just feel like praying for some people today. I'll put a mask on if that makes you more comfortable. And I'll put a mask on anyway. I'll be wearing a mask. But you come down to these altars and let's, let's anoint you. Honey, come help me. Those of you that are in your seats, would you please just stretch an arm as we lead into this, this time of worship, stretch an arm forward for those who have come for this prayer today and just believe that the Holy Spirit is going to just, just set a fire within them that's going to cause them to rise up and not only influence the community, but it's going to influence their own households first. Amen. Ah. in my spirit as you guys were coming forward and, and coming down here man I saw I saw houses that were wrapped with chains and then as you guys were walking down here I saw those chains just bursting and breaking and links popping off and the chains just sliding off and hitting the ground that is the power of God Pastor Brad, take it up.